Monday, everybody, and welcome back to the Couchside Judges. I'm Scott Fontana. Follow me on Twitter at Scott underscore Fontana. And I'm Dan Urban. Follow me at the Dan Urban. Follow the podcast at Couchside Judges and subscribe to us wherever you listen, including YouTube. And you should subscribe to us on YouTube and you should rate us on YouTube anywhere you can rate us. Give, give five-star reviews everywhere. And as always, we taught judging in MMA, so head on over to abcboxing.com to read the criteria. Dan, it's, uh, it was just a little bit of a busy weekend uh, with fights. Uh, especially in the MMA realm, and we, we're not even going to talk about KSW, uh, which was which had a show. Um, we're really not going to get into the the boxing match, of course, with uh, Tyson Fury and uh, and Dillian White because I didn't watch that. I kind of had a feeling it was going to go the way it did, from what I understood. So I wasn't going to spend money on that one. I I didn't even know he was fighting. Surprise, he was fighting. Uh, but we had a lot of Bellator. We had a UFC. Uh, we had even a little bit of PFL earlier in the week. Which I don't, th- I don't even think we touched on the fact that PFL was coming back uh, in our previous episode. Cause I it thought is, we uh, did. Did we? I, I didn't think we, we did. did. Oh, maybe we did. I don't know. I didn't think we did, but you're probably right. We are now, uh, at least a little bit. I know Bellator's not always the one you would prefer to start with, but I think we we kind of have to start there because at least there was more happening because there was so many fights happening. Yeah, I know. Two events. I enjoyed Bellator. This weekend, can we can we so, frame that? Can we sell that as an NFT? Dan saying listen, I I liked Bellator. What did you say? I forget the words, but I enjoyed Bellator. I enjoyed Bellator. Mm. We're gonna we're gonna turn that into an NFT. It felt it had a strike force feeling. Okay, um, so I like that. Not it doesn't always have that feeling. I feel like it often does. I'll be, I'll be perfectly honest with you, my friend. I don't know. I thought Moro was on. Moro, One thing Moro I did was not very like. Moro. I don't know what you want. Moro was on. <laughs> He was he was extra. All right, and I liked it. But what what I did not like? All right, what's this? I did not like. Everyone got to wear cool Hawaiian shirts. The judges, the commentary, everyone. Not the refs. But not the refs. Yeah, that is upsetting. And uh, something should happen for the next time they go to Hawaii, where the refs get to wear a cool shirt. So you want like maybe the Hawaiian official attire, maybe to be a Hawaiian shirt with just like a Hawaiian commission logo on it? Is that what we're looking for? Uh, nice floral print hawaiian shirt you can put whatever commission logo on it and a lay <laughs> and a lay yes okay well that is unfortunate that yes the referees did not have that but yeah everyone else got to be festive uh not the fighters i didn't see one fighter in the cage wearing a hawaiian shirt no but there was hawaiian fighters who came out to pretty some pretty cool entrances but where did they leave so, it outside the yeah, cage maybe outside that's the, the thing if you're outside the cage Fair game. Once you step into there, it's all business. It's not It's not for fun. We're not having funsies in Hawaii. I mean, Yancey brought the Hawaiian flag in. Yeah, but that's different. That's that's the pride of, of, uh, of his state, of his... I mean, there's there's more to Hawaiian pride than just like, oh, it's my state, like we are with New Jersey. It's, it's kind of a different thing. Yeah, but that made it into the cage. Yeah, it's a flag. Okay. The flag is not a Hawaiian shirt. Is there Are, are there floral prints on Someone the Hawaiian flag? I'm a little disappointed no one had floral trunks. That would have been kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? That's the missed opportunity I think we really ought to be talking about. I'm with you there. Mm-hmm. I'm with you. Um, we do actually want to start with uh, something involving a referee, though, uh, and Bellator. And that is, of course, the finish to the Liz Carmouche, Juliana Velasquez flyweight title fight from Friday night. Bellator 278 on their, you know, doubleheader weekend you know it was friday saturday 78 79 we're gonna go with the headliner here uh and this was a fight that it was juliana velasquez fight more or less most of the fight until you know argue arguably round one which we'll actually get into because that was split but on all three cards going into round three going into round four velasquez is up on the cards it's you know it's it's a round that goes very deep into in the fourth minute at some point when uh carmouche finally gets on top uh, Velasquez is able to work to the crucifix position, uh, which which I always associate with a different flyweight, and that being uh, Valentina Shevchenko is of course known for getting this position and just pounding, pounding, pounding out opponents. Right? Yeah, I'm. I think I'm John Jones more. He hasn't do it much anymore. I, I can think of several Valentina well, Shevchenko fights where she I'm gets just this. Saying, every time I see that position, I just remember. Uh, think it it's was, just what you personally associate. Yeah, I John Jones, Matt Yushchenko, I believe. Was when he no or Brandon Vera? 
One of them he smashed him with. He was sma- he was yeah. smashing Matt Yushchenko. I was I was okay. in house in San Diego for that one actually. Yeah, I, that was that was the one time. Fuel I actually TV, attended. I believe that was on. It was no, it was not Fuel TV. It was Versus. Versus okay. UFC on Versus. Yeah. He, John Jones headlined the first two UFC on Versus shows. Okay, and those were the last times he ever fought on free TV. Okay, and probably remained that way. Yes, because I don't imagine that's changing again. But we're here. We're talking about this fight. Velazquez, again, she's stuck under. She's in the crucifix. And you got Carmouche landing elbows. I don't know how hard these elbows are looking necessarily. But for whatever reason, Mike Beltran called a halt to the bout. He saw something there, obviously, that said, okay, that's enough. We got to stop this here. Um, There's only like 17 seconds left in the round. That has nothing to do, of course, with 13. What, 13 was a 13. Thank you. 13. But either way, it's not like Mike Beltran. First off, he doesn't know that there's 13 seconds left because I don't believe there's a clock that's going to be around. And second off, if he hears this clapper, he's still probably not changing his mind and how mm-hmm. he's going to do it. Because if he saw something, you would think that he stepped in because he saw a fighter who was in trouble and you stopped them at that moment, right? I mean, she she was in trouble positionally. I don't think she was, you know, really in any danger of uh, being hurt too bad. That's what it looked like to me. I mean, the only thing you can think of because Mike Beltran is a good ref. Mm-hmm. You know, he there was a Patricio Pitbull was calling him out for being like a bad. Yeah, you he's... know, it, he was he was doing that. Meanwhile, you had uh, Juan Archuleta actually praising him for being a referee from saving him from more damage uh, after his loss, after his knockout loss. Mm-hmm. So you know, there was a little bit of like a counter counter uh, punch so to speak to in defense of mike beltran which i thought was nice um because he is a good ref mm-hmm. he, this doesn't change anything i i will say this i my initial gut instinct was i disagreed with the stoppage because it just didn't look like anything was being landed that's ending the fight that's putting juliana velasquez in danger of you know being out right she's stuck in a position she's kind of checkmated in a sense because she's not getting out she's trying to bridge she's trying to get out it's not happening but you see Veltran come in there, and and I haven't seen a really good camera angle that lets you really see what's going on, you know, in the eyes of Juliana Velasquez necessarily. So, look, could Mike Beltran have seen something there, right? Like kind of the flash of like maybe consciousness going out, you know? I'm I, just spitballing here. Yeah. I really don't know. Because if that's what it is, then it's the right call. That's when you stop it. But, man, if she short out, of seeing that, yeah, exactly. Uh, I don't... If, if, that's, if that's what he's stopping it for, sure. From what I'm saying, well... He has a better view than us, but that's from what, exactly. what I saw, I didn't. I saw a couple elbows, like she was scratching the side of her head, like, "Hey, you got an itch here? Let me scratch it with my elbow for you." And then a couple ones where she got some space and landed. Could it have gotten worse in the next thirteen seconds? Sure. Yeah. Yeah, it could have. Uh just I just think it was more. She was stuck, and I, I saw. I heard the announcer rule this. He declared it a, a knockout, which would have meant Velasquez could no longer defend herself intelligently i'm almost positive it was a tko my friend but. no i uh, no, i it was announced as a knockout oh i don't know if it was changed on the scorecard or officially or what the official declaration is but the commentator i went i rewound it and listened again mm-hmm. declared it a knockout well so just it could have been yeah true uh because I don't, I don't know the actual official uh ruling on it but if, if it was a knockout that that would tell us that peltran saw her go out yeah so, i don't know i mean I, I think it's it's just an unfortunate situation. Even if it was the right stoppage, I feel like there's still like reason to kind of run this fight back because Velasquez, I thought, was pretty much winning most of this fight, mm-hmm. except that position kind of got her in trouble. Um, again, we'll talk about round one, which was split among the judges, but nonetheless, it, there's a we're talking about a fighter who was at at the very worst going into if she makes it another 13 seconds, mm-hmm. go going into that she's got a final round where she's maybe tied, you know, at absolute worst. Yeah. Now the judges actually didn't have it that way, but I'm just saying like if if like all three judges had ended up seeing it the way of Liz Carmouche in the first round, mm-hmm. then that's what it would be. But either way, it's it's kind of a tough situation here. So I don't want to crucify Mike Beltran again. No, nah, I'm not gonna. Good ref. No. But Good also, ref. also, there was um, Big John said, and he's a guy who's been on ABC uh, committee writing the rules, mm-hmm. and he's refed many, many fights. He's saying, basically, you got to know the magnitude of this fight. It's a championship fight. You got to give the, the fighter that's being hurt the chance, at least, to get out. I mean, there's certainly that part so, I mean, to it. If again, it's coming again, from him, yeah. I, I, I take it a little bit more than, say, it was like, I don't know, a, a random fighter that was on commentary. I mean, let, let's press, let's preface this by saying John uh, McCarthy has not met a, a situation he couldn't find an opinion on. Yeah, that's true too. Although in this case, <laughs> he is actually paid to give his analysis and opinion mm-hmm. because it is a Bellator event. So there's that. Um, 
I, I think there's something to kind of what you're saying. Like, yeah, I mean, realistically, you kind of want to let them go. But if 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 the thing is like, again, I'll go back to this. If if what it comes down to is Mike Beltran saw Juliana Velasquez go out, right? Yeah. If that was the reason, it doesn't matter the magnitude. If she's out, you stop yeah. it. Oh, yeah. The moment that happens, you can stop it. Right. I think no just... matter what fight it was. If that's not it, then yes, I think we're talking about kind of the situation we're saying here. Like, yeah, it's a bigger fight. Maybe it ought to go on. Um. Sometimes you wonder if, and I'm not saying that's what Mike Beltran did here, but sometimes you wonder if maybe the the trigger gets pulled a little quicker in women's fights than in in men's fights. Mm. I think there's probably anecdotal evidence of that. Could there be counters to that? I wouldn't. I don't want to perpetuate that uh, notion too far. I'd say the main event. Well, of the next night. Well, <laughs> so. yeah, but I don't know that she was ever really, you know. It, Arlene Blenko, of course, was yeah. she was game throughout that fight, but I don't know that she was ever at, at any one point like. Stop the fight, you know. I don't think I, I never uh, got that sense. Okay, that was me. I just maybe you disagree. It, well, it was it was the most exciting one sided whooping I've seen. I I there's probably others out there, but yeah, that was that was a pretty good one of the night. Oh, of the night, sure, probably yeah. the weekend, even yeah, yeah. What is your takeaway? By the way, we can move on from from the whole situation there. What's your takeaway on Chris Cyborg's win? Like, what does that? Uh, what does it mean for her that she got this win over? Arlene Blanco, who she'd already beaten, she'd already finished, and this time she couldn't quite finish her off. What does it mean I, for her? I think my takeaways from this fight, it's kind of, I think there's two fair things to say. I say her competition is fighting her a little tougher, and I think it's also fair to say she may be taking a, a step back from what she used to be, because I, I think Prime Cyborg smashes Blanco again. I would think so, too. So I thought she had, she sh- probably should have finished when it was on the ground, wasn't able to. Uh, she's still probably the best. 145er at least for now i wonder if she was if she'd be able to finish off that fight if she hadn't thrown the illegal knee or well she really what that situation kind of looked like when she got she lost a point for that knee right in the first round the only reason she didn't 50 45 it ended up being 49 45 um that knee it looked like she was trying to maybe throw it to the body it's hard to tell the angles are weird but it looked like she was maybe trying to throw it to the body and then it sort of got in the process of being trying to be blocked by Arlene Blenko. It almost looked like it moved toward her mm. face. And it was such a, like, it was kind of a graze, too. It was, like, partially blocked. So I kind of feel for Cyborg there because it's like, man, you know, she didn't really, maybe she didn't really mean to throw it that way. Maybe she did. Maybe that maybe it just happened in the heat of the moment, too. But it didn't yeah. look that way. Well, my, my argument But that would... slowed it down. My, my point, okay. though, real quick, is just the fact that it, it sort of slowed down momentum she had at that point. Yeah. I almost wonder if she could have worked toward the finish from there. We'll never That's know. That's possible. We'll never know. What do you want to say? I was I was going to say, I mean, it, it, she threw it with the left. So the head's really the only target there to the left side. If she threw it with the right and then... It depends on the like, angle she's thrown it at. I mean, she's well, turned it in the other way. It goes to each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. I don't know. It, it's hard to say. Um, I don't want to make excuses for Chris Cyborg there. I don't know what she's thinking that, in that moment. But either way, it, that the, my main point is, again, the fact that I think if it wasn't for that knee... She was kind of pouring it on there a little bit. Like, I think she might have been. I'm not saying she would have found the finish, but that was probably like that was probably her best chance of the whole fight to actually create a finishing sequence. I, I mean, but but right after that, like she got really mad. It looked mm-hmm. like or got really aggressive and took her down straight into an arm triangle. And I was like, God, that's it. Like, how did she not finish that? That was I was like. Should have finished that. I like that suplex that she was able to pull off in like <laughs> yeah, round su- four too. Yeah, she suplexed her too. Look, I, you know, Chris Cyborg. Like, you, you don't even if this this fight in particular was not like the most impressive of fights that we've seen from her in terms of like just blowing the brakes off of the other opponent. Mm-hmm. I mean, she still won every round. Oh, yeah, still it was like very clearly out- outpaced her. Yeah, you could even chalk this up to maybe just being an off night, which is still a dominant night for her. You know, but it it's it is kind of disappointing. It's like who else is she really going to fight you know she she kind of called uh she brought the names up of uh katsangano um she even brought out kayla harrison which she hasn't necessarily not necessarily been looking forward to kind of mentioning in the bellator cage post fight you know like there's certainly both kayla and chris have mentioned each other over the last 16 months or so um so there's there's definitely they see each other maybe a little bit of cross promotion between bellator and pfl at some point. <laughs> you know, the funny thing well, is, because PFL talks about this all the time, oh, we would love to do that, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, of course and, they would. And for all I know, anything in, uh, it, it might be an imperative on PFL's part to try and see that fight be made. Um, but Well, Scott Coker's all about cross-promotion when he wants his guys to fight UFC guys. Let's see if he wants his he's guys d- to fight He's PFL done it for Ryzen, like too. 
Okay. They they do cross promotion with Rising, hundred okay. percent. But the thing that Scott Coker said at least this week is no one's called me from PFL. Okay. So it's so, on them. He's putting the onus on them at the least to try and make this happen. And I look, Scott could certainly be saying something, but it's not like PFL, anyone from PFL is answering Don Davis or, or Pete Murray. No one's saying like, oh, we called you. We've been talking. You know that. Don't say that. They're they're both just it seems like they're both just kind of letting things be public instead of private. I get the and idea. Nothing's happening in private. I get the idea. Scott Coker's a rather straight shooter. He seems so, to be as far look as in, in, his, in promoter terms. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he's still a promoter. That's true at heart. <laughs> so you got to take that for what it is. But I do get the sense that he's not look. He's not like hyperbolic. He doesn't inject a whole lot of personality. Mm. Uh, he kind of is loves more or his less pictures like, after fights with champs. Yeah, he does. Yeah, I mean, I I had an, I enjoyed my conversation with him last year. That was the first time I actually gotten to speak at length with Scott uh, last year. And the guy loves martial arts, like not just mixed martial arts. He loves the martial arts, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so I, I think he would love a world where the the promotional side really wasn't necessary, you know. Yeah. But he knows it. He does it. But but I, yeah, I think to that end, I think you're kind of right. Like he he at least pr- would prefer to be more of a straight talk kind of guy. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That's what it seems like. So look, I. I believe it. I believe mm-hmm. that there's no talks that PFL has just been saying things and isn't doing anything. Mm-hmm. I would like to see it. If I get the chance to ask Pete Murray or Don Davis or somebody like that, I'll, I'll ask them, like, listen, are you guys trying to talk to Bellator? Like, have you made contact mm-hmm. with them? Scott Coker says they haven't heard anything, you know? Mm-hmm. So I'd love to know. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, short of that, like, yeah, I mean, Kat Zingano, just, just put that fight out there. Like, mm-hmm. it, it seems like Kat Zingano has done everything she can not to get that fight, even though it's a fight she's kind of wanted. <laughs> For like yeah. years, or at least said to. It's almost like the same type of thing where P- PFL melts. Like, she's got to win over Amanda Nunes. It meant she gets one over Cyborg too. She does it's a long? That is yeah. an old win though. It's a long. It's a very it was a beat old down, win. Now it was. It was a gassed out. It was a gassed Nunes out. Nunes getting yes. beat down in the yes. third round. Yeah, I mean, they were. She was not winning that fight until Nunes yeah. ran out of gas. You're right. Um, not dissimilar from the way she lost at yeah. the end of last year. Um, but anyway. Well, Enough of the, the the women's title fights, as, as much as they were the biggest things, I think, this weekend uh, from Bellator. There was also, of course, the Bantamweight Grand Prix. Uh, they had two fights that ended up producing semifinalists, Ralphion Stotts, uh, who's now the interim what? Bantamweight champion. Why is that an interim title? Because they needed a reason. But isn't... Because, Dan. Oh, okay. Just because. Why isn't Pettis in the, in the Grand Prix? Oh, he got hurt. Oh, okay. Yeah, so that's why there's an oh, interim title. Okay. Yeah, no, he's out of the Grand Prix because he got hurt. Gotcha. I forget the injury, but it is, it's kind of a long-term injury, so I, okay. I, I, as I understand it. So long enough to keep him out and you know try to wrap up these Grand Prix within a year like you're trying to get, sir. Yes. Yeah. Please. Um. So yeah, Ralphian <laughs> Stotts, he's the new interim champion. I don't see the need for this stupid belt. It's just, just let the, the winner be the the champion it doesn't matter you don't need it well you know you don't need this belt (laughs) you don't need you don't need it but they also have it in there i think as a fail safe for in the event there is a draw the champ moves on that's the ruling the champ gets you know but but it was arbitrary to make this fight that way i don't know and i'm just kind of i'm to be i just think it's goofy i'm just looking for reasons well you know what Keep keep your straw. I think keep I your straw. It. Stop grasping for them though. I think I found it. Ralphian Stotts, he's moved on semis. He's winning it all. Patchy mixes into the semis. And then on, in the earlier night, the night before, Danny Sabatello and Enrique Barzola moved into the quarterfinals from their kind of like wild card. So they had a fight round. like a fight in match? Yeah. These were to make up for the fact that Sergio Pettis had to bow out. Okay. Uh so did James Gallagher. Okay. He's out too. So two of the bigger names uh, unfortunately are out of that. But I, I mean, I don't know if you got the chance to watch Danny Sabatello or Enrique Barzola, but Sabatello really impressed me. Okay. He Did you watch those? No. All right. So Danny Sabatello, just imagine a guy who sounds like Joe Pesci. Okay. All right. <laughs> Except he can out-wrestle anybody. I've seen Joe Pesci do some violent things. Is he a clown here to amuse you? <laughs> He's a, He'll throw down. He's got no problem throwing down. So I understand that they might be related. But yeah, I, I, until proven otherwise, Danny Sabatello is the long lost son of Joe Pesci. <laughs> I, I'm just going with that. But yeah, I mean, I, I thought of the two, Sabatello was definitely the more impressive to kind of move on. I could see him being the wild card that might actually make a run at winning this whole thing. But yeah, I mean, Raphael Stotts looked fantastic. I mean, he's, 
the the head kick knockout. Well, there were some follow up shots too, but the the way he finished off Juan Archuleta, who's a tough dude, mm-hmm. that was a that was a big win for him. And Patchy Mix, I I really didn't think he was going to be able to beat Kyoji Horiguchi, but he more or less did kind of the the Demetrius Johnson kind of thing. I think they mentioned on the broadcast. They did, yeah. It, it was very similar, and he's a much bigger guy than than Demetrius Patchy Mix is. But yeah, I mean, he out grappled him. He won rounds one, three, and five on all three cards, uh, and then the other two were uh, went to Horiguchi. So honestly, it was a closer fight. It really all came down to the fifth round, but mm-hmm. it was all mixed, and even in the fifth round, uh, that's that's a good win. That was that was Patchy Mix looked pretty solid because he didn't look that great necessarily against uh, Archuleta, at least in the first couple. Like well, like probably yeah. seven eight minutes of their fight, but he's a young guy. Like he's still kind of early in his career, so maybe there's a lot more to Patchy Mix. I we'll think he see. still has to round out the game. What, it's gonna be tough fight, tough fights in this. His semi final matchup will be against Magomedov. That'll be a tough matchup yeah. for him. See how that goes because the winner of that is gonna fight Stotts in the finals. That's what you think because Stotts is going to the finals, okay. and so. then people. I'm sure Stotts Magomedov would be a rematch, be a five rounder. I'm sure people will be really excited about that because their first fight was pretty wild. So were you? Are you into this band and weight grand prix I'm into now? This You're one. very into it. Yeah. Okay. I enjoy this. All one. right. This is the stuff I like from Bellator. They should just do it all the time. Like okay. next week should be the semifinals, <laughs> and then start a new one in a couple weeks. I think that it's a little much, sir. Also, we we just had three Bellator events in two weeks. How about a break? Okay. That's I, just, I actually need a break from them. All right. I think they did a to nice honest, job. To be honest, I wouldn't mind. Weeks, but... I wouldn't mind a break from Bellator either. Well, yeah, I'm not surprised you would say that, but <laughs> not surprised, MFers. <laughs> Uh, before we move on, though, from Bellator, we, I think we do have to touch upon another thing that happened in the Stotts Archuleta fight, and that was in round two. Had nothing to do with what was going on in the cage, Jeez. and had everything to do with what was happening in front of one of the judges, Sal D'Amato, who's sitting cage side uh, in his Hawaiian shirt, as again is is the uniform of of the judges. <laughs> um, and he's sitting there. He's trying. He's trying to watch the action, which is happening more or less in front of him. Uh, they have these little monitors that look like they were taken from like like an airport terminal in 1994. <laughs> I, I don't. <laughs> they look don't, smaller than the, the WWF look, model uh, monitors. That oh, the ones that they were out of the table. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely, they take them out before they would break the table. Yeah, yeah. yeah it kind of looked like that actually. That's a good. That's a good one. Um, I have no idea if they were HD quality or whatever, but they looked horrible. But that's not the point. The point is Sal D'Amato is trying to watch the action there. You know, judge and everything like that. He's not, che- he's not checking his phone like everybody likes to say. Mm-hmm. He's watching the action, all right? Mm-hmm. He's watching the action. You can tell. He's all into it. And all of a sudden, a cameraman just kind of saunters in front. Going to take some <laughs> footage of this action. Do, 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 do. And, you know, you can see Sal's trying to, like, kind of peek around. There's a minute and 20 to go. If you want if you want to go back to that, watch that fight and watch the, the, the sequence, go back to there's a minute and 20 to go in the second round. Just kind of watch from there uh, over the next, like, 40 seconds or so. And it's, it's, it's a weird kind of... Ex- uh, sequence there it's it was baffling i couldn't believe my eyes out i was watching i was like what's this guy doing it looked like he kind of indicated to like get out of the way too i'm not that's sure that's what sean sheehan said the, the it made my night to watch sal pull the guy out of the way it looked like he kind of did just, so, just like a, 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 I, i'm not sure if that's what was happening there or what but it looked like that yeah so I, that's that's just what if he missed something and because the cameraman got in his way that's just ridiculous like you should like cameraman should be off limits for certain panels that the, judges are sitting on. And not only that, like they never went to that camera angle. That's so true I don't too. know if we ever saw the action. Like, was it worth it? No, it was not worth it. Just, <laughs> just stay off limits. You know, it's, it's a real problem. Just wait until finally we replace all the cameramen mm-hmm. with camera operators who are running drones. Yes. That would probably be better. Yeah, it would be better. I, that would be interesting. Yeah, that's a good idea, I think. Everyone should listen to my ideas. I have amazing ideas. Uh, but now my idea is to move on to UFC. And I don't really have too much that I want to touch upon here because not not a lot happened other than a bunch of awesome finishes. Um, yeah, it was a good card. We don't have to go deep into that. But the, the main takeaway, I think, was the fact that uh, Jessica Andrade, back down 115, wasn't doing so good. And then all of a sudden locks in an arm triangle choke standing. And I'm like, is she going to finish this? No, she's not going to finish. Oh, my God, she finished it. Yeah. It was crazy. Yeah. I'm, it was awesome, awesome sub. Because I keep, I always think back to, uh, and we, you and I talk about yeah, this it brings fight up sometimes. bad memories. Yeah, well, for you, of course. I, you know, it's unfortunate for Jim Miller. Jim Miller tried this. Uh, he attempted this as well against Benson Henderson. I guess now we're talking like tw- eleven years ago. Yeah, Milwaukee. It was probably, probably twenty eleven when it happened. 
This was like kind of a number one contender fight. If if Jim had won this fight, if he locked in, it would have been like his triangle, ninth in a row. Yeah, he would have probably gotten the next title shot against Frankie Edgar the, on the All Jersey uh, title fight. That, that would have been, been a fun. rematch. Mm-hmm. I definitely would have covered the heck out of that with my local paper. I was covering uh, the Miller brothers at during or during at that time. If Jim didn't have mono, he finishes it. That's what you're saying. Standing, okay. yeah, for sure. So that's the mythical creature, J- mm-hmm. Jim Jim Miller without mono. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, just like motivated pen. Yeah, or or well, we used to say sea level Kane, but unfortunately Kane and Velasquez is dealing yeah. with other stuff right now. Yeah, uh, thoughts and prayers to his family. But uh, Jessica Andrade, back to her. She's definitely next to 115 pounds, right? Yeah, I would. I mean, I'd put her in right now. Just replace uh, Esparza for <laughs> in two weeks from now, and uh, let Andrade fight do the trilogy match with uh, Rose. You really don't like her. And, and listen, if she wasn't, uh, maybe she's changed her ways, but w- from. The impression she gave me on her season at Tough, I don't like her, and that's it. What is it you didn't like? The, I, I did watch that season. I don't the, watch all the seasons. The mean girlness. Yeah, there was the, a little the bit of clickiness. that. Clickiness. I, I didn't. I didn't like that. But a lot of that is like, I mean, maybe maybe favorable editing towards the other side. That's of it, what I'm saying. There's perhaps. a lot of that that you but, just don't know. Hey, you know, and maybe she's changed. Hey, you know who came off as a real jerk on Tough? Tony Ferguson. He came off as an like a like a <laughs> like a drunk like jerk. <laughs> I remember that when he okay. was doing that. Favorable, unfavorable editing. You never know. I, I That's why I hate reality TV, because it's crap. But uh, I, I will say, at the very least, I, I think she's certainly, if nothing else, had to work her way to get to this point. I think you have to be impressed with the fact that she's gotten here. I know you I know you sometimes disagree with some of the decisions, right? But She lost to Marina Rodriguez. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but she's got some good wins here, man. Yanjo non-win was, was excellent. It's a really good win. Can't deny her that. Mm-hmm. I, I think she deserves to be here, but forget that. After this, it's got to be Jessica Andrade, no matter who wins, I think. Yeah, I'd, I'd go with her. Yeah. Yeah. Because you're not going to do, I don't think there would do a trilogy fight, at least not anytime soon necessarily, for Rose Namajunas against Carlos Barza, because that's 2-0 and now. Mm-hmm. So the champ doesn't necessarily get to run it back unless there's some sort of weirdness there. Yeah. So I, I would like Jessica Andrade to get that next shot. I think she really deserves it. I would like to see how she can do in a trilogy. Uh of her own against Rose Nami Yunus. Yeah, that'd be if that was to happen. That's the fight, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, I also I thought I saw Zhang Wiley and and Yoana, uh agree to a three round fight. It is booked. Yeah, is it three rounds? I actually yeah, missed that. Not part. a five. It's a it's a mid card. You know what? Rounder. That's okay. I don't I don't mind that. We we got yeah. uh, we got an amazing five rounds. They don't need to be all five rounds with these people. They're gonna die. I heard. Well, <laughs> you they know, keep doing no, it. Here's, I heard. I heard, <laughs> I heard five rounds was offered, and they both said, "Let's just do three. That's fine. Probably a lot of damage from let, that first let one. Let the fighters, yeah. choo- you know, if the fighters choose that, I am not going to judge them right. 100%. Yeah. But that one is taking place on my birthday. All right. And I'm very excited for that card. The Singapore card is just off the chain, uh, and I'm definitely going to watch the heck out of that. I, I already switched my switched my days around. I'm okay. going to be able to, like, watch that one. We should definitely watch that. Okay. We'll figure it out. We're, okay. we'll, we'll, do a, we'll do a little watch together. Let's do it. Don't be dealing poker that night or something. June 11th? June 11th. All right. Yeah, keep it open. I dealt a sick hand. I posted it on Twitter. Is that right? Go, go to my Twitter to check out that hand I posted. I won't, but it you should. Wild, listener. If, if you're into poker, dear listeners, should should watch this uh, or should go look at his hand. I'm not going to. Yeah. Yeah. So don't and don't even tell me. I don't even know want to know what it is. Okay. You better not. I won't tell you. All right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, before we move into contested rounds, uh, which we don't have too many, and and that's across Bellator, essentially the main cards for the two Bellators plus uh, the UFC. Uh, before we even get there, can we just talk about the fact that there's just like 10 billion fouls happening in, in MMA lately, especially in the UFC and Bellator? Yeah. Between my, the last two weeks. My eye just tweaked thinking <laughs> of it. I saw so. that. You were like poke, <laughs> gouging your eye out. Were you trying to be like yeah. uh, Dean Barry yeah. to, to Mike Jackson? Oh, man. Mike Jackson pulled off the biggest ups, one of the biggest upsets in UFC history because he got his eye dug out. Cash it. Yes. <laughs> Congrats to Mike. Well, Jackson. you know what the thing is. I, I to be honest, I, I think he probably could have continued. I think his decision more or less came from I don't feel comfortable fighting this guy who's fouled me twice. You know what? Fine. So, and I, and I agree with. It. I can't blame him for. That. I don't blame him one bit. There, there should no one, no one should be like saying, "Whoa, go against this guy. You're afraid of him." It's like, yeah, I'm afraid because he's gonna try and pull my eye out. Yeah, he was yeah. Like two knuckles deep. Yeah, at like, that. <laughs> So and Dean Barry has not done himself many favors on social media. Since he has either, not. So. No, he yeah. has not. Is yeah. Some, sometimes <laughs> you just just walk away. Just maybe uninstall the app for a day, like just to keep yourself away from it. You know, go go outside. You know, he was in Vegas. Maybe I don't know. 
just go play the slots. Do something, you know? Mm-hmm. Engage with the one-armed bandit. There's a lot of great food places out there. I know you've been dying to eat. Go That's eat right. So. Yeah. Oh, man. That was, but but the fouls, like, they, it, it really does seem like there's, like, significantly more fouls at these Bellator and UFC shows, like, the last two weeks than we typically see. They are getting punished, too, which is also, yes. we're seeing a rise in the punishments, but also, we're just seeing more of them, I think. Yeah, I hope maybe it just not doesn't seem like that. I'm sure Perhaps. it's nothing, you know? I even, it even bled into the, the NBA. Oh, yeah? Yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, Nikola, Nikola Jokic in, uh, from the Nuggets. He's the, the reigning MVP. Right. He might be the MVP this year, too. He got his eye, like, dug out, too. Oh, he, he he's the guy that he put up a crazy numbers. His team still lost, and people are like, MJ wouldn't have lost. <laughs> right? Is that is that the guy? I don't remember, I thought but that, that sounds was, like something I I saw that. fans would say about yeah. literally any player. Okay. Which is fine, because <laughs> it's true, because MJ was the best. <laughs> right, but if he could put up 40 points in a triple-double. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be the guy at the retirement home, ninety years old. People well, hopefully I'm ninety. Someone will come in and be like, <laughs> Man, did you see what happened with LeBron James the fourth? I'm like, Michael Jordan was better. <laughs> he dunked from half court. <laughs> Whatever. MJ could have done that if he felt like it. He just didn't want to. I'm of the Jordan camp too. So. Yeah. Oh, you have to be. Because yeah. we're of the it's an age thing. Like it it's is. very much like a a millennial thing. If you if you're a millennial, it's it's Michael Jordan, mm-hmm. or if you're older, it's also probably Michael Jordan. Um, but after that, like you go down to Gen Z, and then like whatever the next one after that is, I don't even know what my kids belong to yet. They're six and four, so I don't know. Generation they're, Alpha. Maybe? It's prob- they're probably they're like probably gonna end up calling it like Generation COVID or something. Oh, Jesus. It's, I mean, they they their 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 life experience was shaped by that, so like okay. it's probably gonna be based on on that. I get okay. that, but uh, I don't know what it's gonna be called. But yeah, them might be different, although. My kids will be raised correctly, and they will know okay. that Michael Jordan was the greatest <laughs> player of all time. They already have a Michael Jordan book. Oh, nice. Yeah. So they're And uh, we only watch Space Jam 1 in your household, right? They've never seen a Space Jam before, okay. although, <laughs> although because we ended up getting a, a box from Amazon one time, and they had some sort of partnership with space, the new Space okay. Jam, so LeBron James's face was on it, mm. and that was that became their crayon box for a while. I just threw a bunch of like the loose crayons <laughs> that they had in this box, and so my youngest, uh, who's he's now four, but at the time he was only three, he he started really loving Bron James. Okay. Bron James. Bron James. Bron James. So he would see him and say, Bron James. So he, <laughs> we ended up getting him a Space Jam coloring book, and he was coloring. Yeah, it's the new Space Jam. But no, he okay. he has not watched that one. I haven't watched okay. it. I kind of do want to watch it, but I imagine I'm going to hate watch it. Okay. You know? Yeah. It's also a half hour longer than the original Space Jam. That's kind of long for a cartoon That's, movie. I mean, if it's a good one. Unless it's good. Just be a good one. I'm sure this is not good enough to warrant two hours. Mm. So, hard pass. Uh <laughs> Let's get a contested rounds, man. Let's do it. Yeah. We're going to start with Bellator 2 again, right? I mm-hmm. think there's more of them here, too. We've got four that we're going to be getting into. We are not. We didn't go all the way into the prelims and everything like that, even though there were some split decisions. There was, some, there was, I, there was one fight in particular from uh, Saturday with 279 where two judges had completely opposite cards. We just didn't get the chance to watch those fights, unfortunately, so we're, we are sticking to the main card here. Uh, so let's start with Saturday's uh, fight that we already alluded to, Liz Carmouche, Juliana Velazquez. Uh, round one is the split round here. So, Dan, what happens in this round? It's a close round, and it's really it's five minutes of healing out, pretty much. It's quite the low-output round, I feel. Mm-hmm. Carmouche is landing good leg kicks, and she lands a couple of decent punches to the head. Velazquez is landing some solid left hands. Her straight left was, was pretty on point this whole fight, really. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I just think more kick- so later. Yeah, I think the kicks are the difference. Uh, Carmouche had a couple strong ones towards the end. I think it was a really close round. Had Velasquez landed a couple more of those lefts in this round, she'd probably be unanimous on it, but she didn't. Uh, so I'm ten nine Carmouche. Yeah, I'm also with ten nine Carmouche. Uh, pretty much for all the same reasons here, but you know it's a close enough round that realistically, you know, a few strikes here and there, a few cameramen walking in front of you, maybe you <laughs> yeah. miss certain things. You know, you. I actually noticed too, and I, maybe maybe it was just in my head, but the fights on Saturday, it looked like some of the judges weren't sitting at like the middle of the panel; they were like moved off to the okay. side. And then on Saturday, Friday into Saturday, it changed. It looked like that they were more in the middle. Maybe I'm wrong. But it kind of looked that way. I I just and hate, I almost wonder if there was like a change there. I don't know. Maybe it's in my head. I I just hate how it's like a lumberjack match outside the cage. Yeah, with you know 
and the judges are just put in between all these people that are just like vying for position to try to get the you know the best picture that they could get. And how are the judges supposed like, to work when realistically they have the acolytes and you know exactly. the new age outlaws? Really? Yeah. Uh, and too cool out there. Like it's very hard. To- <laughs> I mean, half of these people, well, not half of them are dead. I think just half of too cool is dead, unfortunately. But anyway, mm. uh, neither here nor there. Yeah, it's a close round. I, I think realistically, if you had the best camera angle and your best uh, camera in front of you and no cameramen walking in front of you, or best TV, I should say, TV monitor, mm-hmm. you know, because that's another thing, too. I feel I, I wonder if those TV monitors were crap. They just looked like, like you said, from WWF. Yeah, it looked like closed circuit TV, it's, pretty much. Well, I mean, they are watching on closed circuit, like realistically, that's it, anyway. Yeah, but, but it just, that did not look but like does a that very, broadcast. Is that an HD screen? Yeah. yeah, that's my question. I have no idea. It just looked, <laughs> it just looked weird. Um, it just looked old. Like it really looked yeah. old. Anyway, um, I think that's a, we don't have to harp on that too much longer, but. Yeah, I mean, you and I both saw it the way for Carmouche. So did uh, Sal D'Amato. We both went against Mike Bell and Brian Miner here. So, Dan, what what does that mean for Sal D'Amato? Couchside override. <laughs> Sounds like he seems like he's leading the league right now. Well, he does have the highest volume. That's true. Too. That's you know yeah. that you always have to remember that with Sal D'Amato. Yeah. Whenever he's got more of anything. It's because he's doing more of everything, right. too. And that's not to take away from the man. I think it's impressive that he's able to do that. But he probably will lead in couchside overrides because of sheer volume. Yeah, I think he did make the right decision this weekend to go to Hawaii. Oh, he, definitely. He's been to Vegas plenty of times. How I, often do you get to go to Hawaii? I would go to Hawaii yeah. over that. I think Mike Bell and and uh, and Brian Miner, they all did. They made out like bandits being yeah. able to go. Mm-hmm. Good on them. And they got to wear cool shirts. <laughs> yeah, they did. I don't think they were wearing them on Saturday th- or on Friday, though. Oh, really? Yeah, it, it didn't, didn't look that way. Uh, Maybe I'm wrong. You know, I wasn't paying attention. I, I really. thought they were just wearing the bland shirt. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. I didn't sit there and pay too much attention. I'm watching <laughs> fights. Yeah. You know? Right. I'm watching fights. <laughs> All right, moving on, though, to 279, the Saturday fights. Uh, we have Ralphion Stotts. We'll go back to their fight, uh, his fight against Juan Archuleta. Course ended with the knockout head kick and follow up elbows. Round one is a split round. What happens here? Yeah, interesting round. Uh, right out the gate, Stotts lands a strong left right, right at the start. Kind of stumbles Archuleta, at least kind of stops him in his tracks. Like, okay, well, let's calm down here. Uh, but then Archuleta starts throwing wild again. I didn't think nothing landed all that cleanly. Uh, then he gets the takedown and he just holds on for dear life for there. Doesn't pass, just lets Stotts hit him with pitter-patter for like what seems like almost all around. Uh, they work up to their feet, but they keep it in a clinch against the cage. Again, Stotts is landing these low-impact shots, and then he lands that jumping knee, which I thought was really good. I think that knee is responsible for the cut on Archuleta. I thought they said something about it being a clash of heads, but I'm not sure. It's hard to say. Yeah, I, no, I, th- I thought the knee was. Cause it, hard to say the, with our angle. That's true, yeah, but that was a solid knee. It was to that, to that point. Um, about a minute left is when they, you know, they finally split up and they, ex- ex- uh, continue their wild exchanges. I just don't see Archuleta landing all that cleanly. Uh, and therefore, you know, the, the strikes being less impactful on Stotts and then Stotts gets that takedown, you know, great time takedown, uh, ends up on, in a turtle position, landing some strikes as the round ends. If you saw Archuleta strikes landing stronger than I did, I understand the score, uh, but I'm 10-9 Stotts. Yeah, 10-9 Stotts too. That's, yeah, another, another close round. Between three of the best, the, the the three traveling judges that were brought into mm-hmm. Hawaii, who were definitely not slacking off in Hawaii and enjoying the sun only, they were they were doing a good job here. I think I did side the same way as you with his thoughts, but yeah, I mean, I could see why Brian Miner ended up mm-hmm. with Archuleta. In the end, it was Saldamato and Mike Bell who were in the majority, and we agree. All right. What about uh, this was a non-tournament fight here, uh, but Justine Kish coming over from UFC. Uh, you know, more or less, I mean, not to be cruel, but she was kind of a UFC washout here. Uh, she goes in and she beats Elaine Malay McFarlane in a pretty clear unanimous decision. But round one is where we have at least some, you know, debate over who won the round. So yeah. what, what do you say? I mean, I can't get too upset over this score because, I mean, it's such a low output round. Yeah. Uh, but I thought it was rather clear for McFarlane. Uh, I really don't think it's close. Kish isn't doing anything effective. She's, you know, she has a headlock and a takedown. A lot of feints. I guess. She's just not throwing any punches. She's not landing anything. How how effective are feints as far as the uh, scoring? Uh, well, they're not scoring at all. Oh, okay. I mean, if you're just if you're fighting the air, yeah, you're beating the crap out of it. That's true. Um, but McFarland didn't have much either. Her right hand landed quite a few times. Like when I say quite a few, like five. It's uh, not that many. So. Yeah. 
I, I can't get too upset over it, but I do think it was pretty clear for McFarland 10-9. Yeah, I agree. I, I saw it the same way. I, I It's not a high output round. Whenever mm-hmm. you have a low output round, you can at least understand why the yeah. judges could end up being split on that one, even if we think it's pretty clear, you know? Mm-hmm. I, fighters got to give a little bit more to score here. I mean, you're trying to win the fight. Like, maybe you're not trying to win on points, but like, shoot. Are you just counting on those last 10 minutes is the, the way you're going to win the fight? <laughs> I mean, you got to do something here. Yeah. It's only, you only have 15 minutes to do this. You might as well get some work in early. Uh, but yeah, I think McFarland's the only one who's actually effectively making that happen in this round. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I think that's the right call. Give it to McFarland. Mike Bell, Sal D'Amato, they had it that way. It was uh, Mike Onzica, who I believe is a local judge uh, for Hawaii, saw it for Kish. Not the strongest score. But, yeah, a, a low up at round nonetheless, so I get it in a way. Mm. And then lastly is uh, Yancey Medeiros, who got the win in his first Bellator fight on friendly ground in his home state over Emmanuel Sanchez. He had the, he had the Hawaiian flag, right? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Uh, 30-27 twice and a 29-28. The only discrepancy is in the round three, which pretty much had no bearing on the fight anyway, but we got to talk about it, right? What did what, you see? Well, let me first off, this was a great fight. It was a great fight. So, As anything anything involving Yancey Medeiros and not a wrestler should be expected to be a great mm-hmm. fight. And yeah, came through. Emmanuel Sanchez is another solid. Man, people, people call Emmanuel good, Sanchez the most exciting Bellator fighter. This was, this was a perfect matchup, I think. It was the right call. But yeah, so at this point, Medeiros is up two rounds to none. And we're in round three. So what's happening here? Yeah, it's a close round. Uh, both guys landed good on the feet. I think Sanchez has the slight edge. You know, he lands that head kick, uh, some good leg kicks, uh, good right hands to the head. Madero's jab is split in the guard, following it up with a couple straight rights. Uh, they do spend a, a quite a bit of time clinching, in which Sanchez is throwing some knees. I mean, they're not huge damage, but really that's the only scoring offense for a while. Uh, Sanchez lands a big right when they do finally break, and I think... They just slug it out for the final 20 seconds. Like, Medeiros is like, come on, stand in the center. And he's like, okay. And they start swinging at each other. And then right as the round's about to end, Medeiros lands that solid right, that back Sanchez all the way to the fence. It's a close round. Uh, I really hate that they hugged at the start of it. I wish they both <laughs> lost the point for it. <laughs> you do hate that. Uh, but nonetheless, a really fun fight. Tight round. I give it to Sanchez, 10-9. Yeah, I saw it for Sanchez, too. It's, it's really hard to kind of get mad at this one either way, independent of the fact that it had actually mm-hmm. no bearing on the result. It was just, yeah, I mean, both of them are definitely doing some work here. Um, I saw, I just saw Sanchez more effective as you did. Yeah. But we... yeah, again, what, who knows what these monitors are holding? Who knows how many cameramen <laughs> yeah. are walking in front, <laughs> pitching a tent, making uh, making brownies or something? Yeah. I don't know what they're doing. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so I saw it for Sanchez. So did you. So did Mike Bell. Mike Bell was the only judge who saw it that way. So uh, not the same way as Mike Onzica, once again. And Brian Miner. So what does that mean for Mike yeah, Bell? It's a couchside override. Come get your award, Mike Bell. Yeah, it's in the mail. <laughs> They're always in the mail. If you don't get it, blame the post office. <laughs> I like postal workers. They're good. My grandfather was a postal worker, actually. Okay. Delivered One mail. My for, best friend is. Yeah. He delivered mail for twenty five years. That's a it's a good job. Yeah. Kept food on the plate for my dad mm-hmm. and his brothers. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, yeah, then my dad kept food on the plate for me. And now I do that for my kids. And the cycle continues. But they don't eat it. <laughs> it just sits on their plate. <laughs> so that's true. My oldest still eat just exceptionally slowly. And then my youngest uh, will only eat like three different things. Okay. That's that's kind of how it goes. But uh, yeah, so that's two capside overrides from Bellator, actually. Mm-hmm. And then we only have one round from UFC because there were only 10 rounds to score because we had 10 billion early finishes or DQs and stuff, right? Yep. Not much went the distance it wasn't here. even It wasn't even a, a winner split. It was a, just a 10-9 versus 10-8. Yeah, I think this is uh, this might be the first time we've ever had a UFC that we were going to talk about that had no uh, winner splits, it's a, yeah, like you call it. Yeah, I couldn't think of a better word. Yeah, it works for me. Yeah. It's, I think we know what you mean when you say <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, and that is, of course, in Preston Parsons uh, getting the win over Evan Elder. 30-27 twice and 30-26. Round three is the round that was split as far as the 8-9. So even at that, it has no bearing on the score. It's just kind of trying to figure out how you're supposed to score that round. So what happens here? Why Why are we talking about well, it? Well, it's competitive early, uh, but I think it's pretty clear Parsons landed the bigger shots Elder is landing some some shots here, but he's the one who just initiates the takedown and gets it. And Parsons sweeps him. 
and then ends up in Mount, uh, eventually worked there, and then started landing some big damaging elbows and ground and pound. He's basically there the whole round. Uh, he's attacking chokes. It's one-way traffic. Great effective offense. Looking for a finish. I think he checked all three Ds. I think it's a 10-8. I'm also watching an opponent in Elder here who is really kind of not fighting back. He seems kind of diminished, you know, he is, these things that you're kind of looking for. Is he earning his nine he, at this no. point in the round? You know, the, that's that's kind of a phrase that we've heard before. Is he earning the nine? I, I don't see. I, I see a fighter just trying to make it to the finish line. Yeah. Hoping... You know, not to get killed. It certainly kind of looked that way. It was there was really a, a very much a turtled up kind of situation. It doesn't matter what was happening earlier in that round. It wasn't. I don't think a ton happened in that round early that it was sort of competitive. No. Like you're talking about either. It really wasn't I, that uh, much. Yeah. Well, I th- when I say competitive, it was he was at least fighting. Yeah. But it, like Par- Parsons was still landing the better shots. Of course, of course. Yeah. So I I I see this as being a round that ought to be a ten eight. Of course, ten eights have been such a, a a source of debate and you know consternation from a bunch of people since like we said we, we talked about this all the time ever since the adesanya blahovich fight everything changed after that it's obvious but the one thing is ron mccarthy was the one who gave the eight here ron mccarthy is almost never in the minority when it comes to eight nines hmm. like this is like the second one that he's been in in the ufc at the very least the last three years wow yeah so either he's the majority for either which way it goes. Yep. Okay. It, where, wherever Ron lands, so lands the at least some other judges. He will always be in the majority, except for in this particular yeah. case. I wonder I wonder which D was, was in question for the other two. I don't know. The damage s- was definitely there. Why don't you send a letter to <laughs> to Rick Winter and to Junichiro Camillo? It's in the mail. Okay. Uh we we do we do mail like we said we support the post office. Uh, but yeah, I I see this as look. I kind of get why maybe it's not going to be an eight based on like what it seems like now is like Dana Dana wants it to be you know an ass whooping right. That is. Yeah, that I, was. I, I don't know. I mean, it's kind of. I can at least sort of see it being borderline He's here because bloodied what? Up, yeah, I, look, smashed. I don't disagree. I'm just saying, what are they looking for? I don't know. Yeah. What What's the mm-hmm. mandate kind of looking for at this point? But yeah, I I like Ron McCarthy here going for the eight. I think this is a different one. If you, if you see a round that just looks different from a nine, mm-hmm. that should be an eight. Like, I know, I know you need more than that worded in it, but like, that's how it should be. And that's how the criteria should be worded right. to get you to that point. And it should be followed that way too. The words are still there. We're not judging the way the words are necessarily. I mean, there's leeway because it's, mm-hmm. you know, you can consider giving an eight in certain situations. So there's that it's almost like that those words are put in there just to like give commissions freedom to, you know, roll back on like policies and things like that, which I don't okay. think I think that's stupid. I don't know if that's why it is. I just hate the idea of can consider that language needs to go. Right. Yeah. It need, you need to have definitives in there. It's too wishy washy. MMA is not a wishy washy sport. You know, I agree. Let's put it in there. Just say, you know, must be or, or has to be or whatever you want to say. Yes or no. That's what I want. The language just needs an upgrade. Mm-hmm. But nonetheless, we saw it with Ron McCarthy instead of Rick Winter and Junichiro Camillo. So what does that mean for uh, Mr. McCarthy? No, couch that override. Bow, 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 bow. Join the club. Yes, indeed. <laughs> and you saw, too, uh, from Bellator that he was uh, shouted out as, I guess he's a, a Los Angeles County uh, sheriff or something like that. They, oh, if I'm not mistaken, that makes sense. It, it was it was all you know the servicemen and people like that, and they were highlighting the the McCarthy family because John was out there. Right, right, right. Yeah, so that, John was LAPD during yes. the riots. So yes, he was. Makes sense. His son was going to law enforcement also. I believe his daughter went into the military. They said okay. too. So yeah, good for good for yeah, them. Tough family. Thanks for the service. <laughs> uh, and that. Is it for contested rounds? Uh, you know, we watched PFL, but I don't think there really weren't many PFL rounds to go to go into. Actually, I think there was only two from the whole card. I I didn't really have the time to kind of go back and do those as well. And I knew it would be kind of a, a tough thing. There was there was no like real fight where it was like, hey, we got to talk about it. You know what I mean? As far as that goes, as yeah. far as that goes. So yeah, we left that out of it. PFL uh, did have a great main event. They did, yeah, absolutely, and and they had six finishes too. Oh. Uh, UFC had seven finishes between the Bellator main cards, the ten fights that they had. There were only two finishes, but there were, there were some pretty solid fights in there as well. Um, 
out of what are we at now? There's six to uh, 15 finishes kind of around the table here from what we're talking about. Six, by the way, six round one finishes, not counting the DQ in the UFC. And four of them were subs. <laughs> Just a wild fight fight weekend as far as that goes. What was your favorite of the finishes overall? Uh, Claudio Poyas, uh, knee bar and Clay Guida. That was that and, was just a, a grappling delight. And he's a knee bar specialist. Uh, it's wild. Supposedly he doesn't even try, uh, you know, tr- drill That's that move said, so yeah. much. But he went omoplata to triangle to armbar to kimura back to omoplata, and then Clay finally escaped. And then Playas just attacked a lightning fast knee bar after. Is and is, it was it is, was quick. Is Claudio Puelles Puelles one of your favorite fighters of all time now? Uh, like, like is, is he going to be like? Are you going to stand for him now? He's doing the right things. Okay. So, yeah, what's your favorite finish? My favorite finish was, I probably shouldn't surprise based on what you heard me earlier, yeah. Jessica Andrade, the standing arm triangle. Like, I got you got to go with it. You're not going to see that happen very often. It's the, the first time in, in UFC It's the first UFC one. I'm sure Caposa has seen a few in his day. <laughs> yeah, that's nothing. I see that every other week. Oh, God, I, I remember <laughs> I was watching that uh, in Guam FC seven weeks ago. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh shout out to cap because he does a great job uh keeping everybody abreast of what's happening but yeah that that was just i couldn't believe it because i i went through the whole like is she gonna get it no she's not gonna get it then she got it <laughs> it was crazy I, I was like i'm sitting there my wife's sitting there and she doesn't care about fights she's just sitting mm-hmm. next to me but um i'm like wow she got this yeah. and my wife's just like oh that's cool <laughs> she's kind of happy for me but like that's about it <laughs> Um, pe- that was were, fantastic. People were calling it weak that she tapped to it. Oh, stop! Like they got are you, are you kidding? Stop me? that! <laughs> Why don't you get stuck in it? You Jessica Andrade is a little powerhouse. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, I'm sorry. It, that's some pretty sexist stuff there. Like mm. she can create some power. I don't care. And and that is there is a little bit of a power thing to that move when you're especially when you're standing. Yeah. You know, I'm not surprised that she's the one who's able to get that move. I I wouldn't have expected anyone to get it. So she probably gets a little extra leverage being uh shorter. Yeah, maybe. Too. Yeah. So. Yeah, that might be true. That would help me. I'm not a tall man. Mm. I'm like five eight. Well, if I if I could do it to John Jones, I, my feet would be off the ground. Yeah, I don't think <laughs> you could do it to John Jones. <laughs> I I don't mean to be the bearer of bad news. Yeah. But, um, but that is it from this past weekend. Uh, before we get into next weekend, it. I think you said you had interacted with a was it is it our friend George from last yeah, week? Yeah, George, George had another question. Uh-huh. Uh, he wanted to know why the fight between friend, friend is strong acquaintance. Uh, I, I don't know anything about George. He did ask um, why Dwight Grant versus uh, Hundajko. Is that how you say Kandajko? Sergey Kandajko. Yeah. Um, why did everyone score round one for Grant? I, I thought it was pretty you know unanimous for Grant. Uh, Hundajko. Lands a big left hook that drops Grant early, but Grant recovered quickly, popped right back up, and throughout the round, he's landed some decent punches while uh, Kandashko's kind of catching a lot of air and missing. Uh, he did have a nice body kick, but Grant then lands a big heavy shot that face plants Kandashko and lands a few follow-up shots. That takes the round. Kandashko just got up and, and you know clinched him against the cage so the clock ran out, so... I think it's pretty easy for Grant there. Yeah, look, there's probably other ways to see certain rounds and things like that. So, you know, if the question is because it was unanimous, I mean, that's just because we got three people who saw it the same way. It's not it's not like they were even even if every single one of them was like, man, I'm so torn and they all ended up on the same page. That's still unanimous. So there's not really a way to know. But mm-hmm. again, I, I, I think you're right. I think that's pretty reasonable to give it that round that way. Um yeah, it's always tricky too because we're sitting at home. Mm-hmm. We got to remember that they have different views. Um, I try to go with the general rule that if all three judges saw it one way, it's probably the way it should be. And that's you know? basically how our show is. Yeah, unless there's yeah. some crazy outlier. If there's a crazy outlier, we'll talk about it. Yeah, uh, you know, or at least examine it. Like you that know? one fight we were going to look at where we had there were multiple ten tens or something in Russia or or uh, or Belarus or something. Well, yeah. Okay. Anytime you get that, that's that's yeah. a little strange. But <laughs> yeah. Uh, and was there another question he had to? Oh yeah, he asked when should a when should an official recuse them uh, recuse themselves from a fight? Because he and he mentioned you know the example that Mike Beltran and both Liz Carmouche were in the Marine Corps. Yeah. So first off, I don't know that just the fact that both of them are mar- like Marine veterans would be something that would disqualify them. I mean, they didn't serve in the same platoon or anything like that. Yeah, maybe I'm using the wrong nomenclature there with the platoon, but but nonetheless, um, 
good movie. They, they, Platoon is a good movie. I haven't yeah. seen it in a long time. Um, but yeah, I don't. They didn't serve together, so I don't think that would be enough of a strong link. But to to the heart of the actual question, uh, from my understanding, is when officials are you know going to work an event, they're asked like, okay, here's the fighters on the card. Do you have any you know potential conflicts with these people? So you're supposed to put down you know something like you know either no, you don't, or that you know maybe oh I used to train with this person you know maybe I I work with fighters they work with, I don't know you know I imagine they would probably you'd probably kind of strain to kind of mention something and then let the commission decide whether that's something that would be reasonable to try and have someone else work it than you um it, it, maybe the commission says okay we're gonna do it anyway that's on the commission at that point um there was a situation two years ago mm-hmm. uh, when the UFC was in Houston. And and this was reported from Aaron Bronstetter, uh, who and when he reported that, I was just like, man, that was damn good reporting uh, from Aaron Bronstetter. But the situation where Joe Solis, a Houston-based judge, was assigned to a fight the, featuring Trevin Giles. This was a fight that it was against James Krause. James Krause. I'm I'm working off memory here, so yeah. I'm I'm going to try and parse my way <laughs> through it. Uh, <laughs> but in this fight, which ended up winning by getting won by. Trevin Giles and I remember thinking that James Krause won. I think we have to go back and watch that again sometime. But mm-hmm. um, in this fight, it was it was kind of like okay. I think there was a thirty twenty seven, and people are like, "How did he in what realm win round one?" But I don't think that was I don't think that was Joe Solis's card was thirty twenty seven. Was it? Maybe you should pull it up. But while, but but while you do that, Joe Solis had a link to. Uh, Trevin Giles, I believe he got his black, his blue belt or or brown belt or something like that, or he worked with the coach of Trevin Giles. There, there, there was some sort of link there. Um, and you can go find Aaron Bronster's reporting on this from for TSN from two years ago because that is going to be the source for this information as opposed to just my recollections of it. But yeah, essentially, uh, Joe Solis did not disclose the link there, the the potential conflict, and that is the real issue. Is yeah. you gotta kind of disclose that kind of thing and let at least let Texas say whether you ought to be on that fight or not. If Texas puts you on there, that's on them. Okay, yeah, it was a it was a twenty nine twenty eight solos for Giles, but mm-hmm. the the round everyone was all up in arms about was round one. Yeah, now we'll we'll have to go back on that mm-hmm. fight anyway. But but yeah, so uh, to go back to the original question, you're really supposed to kind of disclose these kind of things and let the commission sort it out. Um, I again, I don't think that just having a military link is going to do it. I mean, how, that's very general. Yeah. It's very general. Like, I mean, if we both live in the same state, like, is that going to disqualify us? I don't, I don't see why that should necessarily do that. You know, how how much of a connection do you need? Plus, military people are supposed to be the most honorable there, so they'd probably be like, yeah, they wouldn't cheat for each other. One would hope. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. Um, so hope that answers uh, George's questions once again. And honestly, anybody else, if you're listening, you have questions that you want us to address, um, you know, tweet at tweet at our couchside judges or tweet at me at Scott underscore Fontana or at the Dan Urban uh, to speak to the Dan Urban. Yes, because there is a a regular Dan Urban that I couldn't have because it's been a dead account for nine years. Hasn't sent anything. So I had to put the in front of it. Yeah. Yeah. I I, I feel that there was someone already planted their flag on Scott Fontana. Mm. No underscore. So a bunch of years back when I started using my Twitter as more of a professional thing instead of what what was my original handle? I don't even remember. The MMA man? No, it wasn't that. That was oh. a separate thing. I actually okay. just closed that account because I finally oh. remembered the password. <laughs> <laughs> I finally got it back and I was like, all right, close it. Uh <laughs> it's a long story. But yeah, I think I think that closes it for now. Again, tweet us questions if you got them. Let's move on to looking ahead to the next weekend. Yeah, let's do it. Uh, as my voice starts to crack. PFL Number two for this year. I believe it's Thursday. I wrote down Thursday. I meant to double check that. I think it's Thursday. Is that right, Dan? Uh, I will double check for you. you. You're, the, you're the information man over there. You got the laptop. I'm just broken up my phone here. Okay. But, but PFL 2 is heavyweights and featherweights. Uh, another event taking place in Texas, uh, in, in Arlington in particular. Taking place on the 28th. The 28th is Thursday. That is Thursday. So you are correct. I am correct. Yes. I'll give you guys the right answers. Um. The judges we had for last week's PFL in the same place were Birchie Stillwagoner, uh, Robert Basinger, and Daniel Matheson. Daniel Matheson's name stands out to me because I'm p- pretty sure he has worked UFCs before. They did every fight last week? Every fight. Wow. Yeah, That's yeah. a busy night. Yeah. They, that was that was very much a, a, a short. 
they kind of treat PFL like a smaller show. Mm. Um, look, if PFL wants to what be about the referees? fastest growing, uh, I believe there were two. at least a couple okay. officials there, if I'm not mistaken. It was Kerry Hatley and, gosh, who else I remember, was there? I remember Kerry Hatley. Who else was with Kerry Hatley? I can't remember. By the way, you saw Frank Trigg was, was both judging and refereeing for Bellator. Oh, he was judging for Bellator? He was doing both. Oh, I did mm-hmm. not know that. He did double duty. Okay. Mm-hmm. Th- Bellator will do that sometimes. You know, I don't mind. Frank Trigg's still kind of green, so I don't mind him getting reps both ways. I, on you bigger know what? shows. Hey, everybody so, wants former fighters to yeah. to become refs and judges, so they're he's your guy, mm-hmm. Frank Trigg. Um, yeah, so I, I'm gonna I'm just gonna take a stab in the dark that it's gonna be this same trio on every single fight this time. They didn't have any issues in the last fights, so mm-hmm. hopefully that continues, especially with heavyweights here. Maybe there'll just be a bunch of finishes. Uh, last heavyweight did did Fabricio for Dooms get overturned? Last year, remember, we had that strange It did get overturned. It did? Okay. Yeah, it became a new contest, but it didn't matter. Uh, Fabrizio Verdun bowed out. He's not in this tournament, although I think he said he wants to come back. Oh. So I don't know what the (laughs) deal is with him. Who the heck knows? Um, Are there any fights you're interested in on this PFL? Because honestly, this one didn't stand out as like a super compelling. Well, well, this one mainly, I mean, I couldn't tell you a thing or two about either guy that we got written down here. But... (laughs) Well, oh. Capolo- Bruno Capoloza won it all last year. Okay. He won the million dollars. He won the heavyweight tournament. And they told him, like, moments after that he won it that his father had died. Oh, a few wow. Days yeah. Early. Remember okay. that? that? Yeah, that's yeah, not, yeah, yeah. That's bad. Yeah. Well, I'm, it's up to the family. I think I they didn't so, want to yeah. tell. They didn't yeah. want to try to mess with him because, look, he went out there. He performed. He won a million dollars. And, hey, you know what? That's, that's the family's business. I, I certainly won't yeah. judge them for that. But. Uh, I don't even know what I would want. I I feel like yeah, that's probably the right call. Don't tell me. Like what what am I gonna do? Can't bring him back. You know, if God forbid, you know, knock wood. My father, my father's still here and uh, and healthy, and I'm happy mm. for it. Uh, love you, Dad. You're not listening. <laughs> <laughs> Just reminded me of old school. <laughs> I haven't seen. I I don't like old school as much. I'm I'm like really? kind of a weird oh. guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I love it. It's not as high on my list of okay. of like Will Ferrell like esque comedies from the time <laughs> uh, but yeah I don't know much about Stuart Austin but he, I am interested to see Bruno Capelosa he has an awesome name if his nickname isn't Stone Cold Stuart Austin I do keep thinking of Stone Cold yeah and if he doesn't have you know the glass shatter before his entrance music uh, uh, what is he even doing try to market himself it's a good point always market yourself by stealing someone else's gimmick yeah, play <laughs> off it yeah, yeah that's true uh, I'm gonna go with Stuart Austin for having a cool name what if he comes out wearing a black vest, bald head, and a goatee, and and knee bar and, and knee braces? By the way, and Dennis Hallman trunks. <laughs> then yes, I'm all for it. The banana hammock. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. I don't know. For whatever reason, this this PFL card isn't super compelling. I think next the 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 PFL three one to, that kind of wraps up this first leg of the season is going to be more interesting. Anthony Pettis is on that one. Kayla Harrison's on that one. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it it should be better. Okay, that's next think. week after that this? is that is the next. And, oh. and also, uh, Rory McDonald's in it. And, oh, okay, uh, yeah. Um, of course, of course, Ray Cooper the third. Yes, he's going. This he's going he, for he's, the trilogy. He's aiming for three straight. Three P. Yeah. Um. So that'll be a much better one. This one, it's it's just kind of there. Okay, it is what it is. Um. Uh, but then, other than that, of course, there is a UFC. No Bellator this weekend. Bellator's finally giving us a break. Uh. But UFC is in action on Saturday night. With Rob Font versus Marlon Cheeto Vera at 135 pounds, I like this main event. This is definitely one of the most compelling fight night main events UFC's put on in probably close to a month. Yeah, this is a solid, solid fight, and I'm I'm leaning Cheeto. I kind of am too. Uh, I think he's kind of surging. I think Rob Font. I don't want to say he peaked, but that's essentially where my analysis is going. I don't want to say so, he peaked, but you're gonna let still... it out there unsaid that he peaked. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. All right, that's what it sounded like. Yeah. Uh, honestly, this is a really compelling fight. I just I don't know necessarily what's going to happen in this one, which is always whenever I I sit there, I'm like, man, I really just don't know what's going to happen. I'm always most interested in that. Mm-hmm. So that's how I kind of look at this one. I I do. I guess I favor Cheeto here. Um, I can see it going the distance though. Yeah, I could see. I that think Rob Font's yeah. a real tough. Very, very, out. It, that's a tough fight. Yeah. So I I I'll, I'll go with yeah Cheeto by decision. Yeah. So. I'm, very, very close, but yeah, I'm looking forward to that one for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're in Nevada, of course. We're going to have the traveling judges. I imagine they're probably all going to be united again. We'll have Sal D'Amato in, in Nevada, I'm assuming. Back home. Can't go. Can't be in Hawaii forever. <laughs> I want to go to Hawaii. 
My dad loves Hawaii. I've never been there. I keep hoping that maybe one day my dad will just be like, hey, why don't we all take, why don't we take you in the family to Hawaii? Because we want to go. has a resort there now, too. They do? Yeah. Well, that can't be cheap. Definitely not. Definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> it's already expensive enough to go to Hawaii. <laughs> uh, and just be in Hawaii. They have a high cost of living there. Uh, other fights of interest for you, Dan. What do you got? Yeah, it's not on here. I told you I was going to put it on here, though. Oh. Uh, Gerald Mearshart, uh, Christoph Jocko. Uh, yes. Mainly for GM3. Uh, of course. I like watching him. Yeah, I, I'm I'm compelled to watch his fight. I'm kind of the opposite when it comes to Christoph Jocko, who's kind of can sometimes end up being like a neutralizer to excitement. Mm. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I like that fight too. I like Jared Gordon against Grant Dawson. I think that's going to be an interesting fight at 155. Yep. It's like just out, like it's probably somewhere around like the top 25-ish yeah. somewhere in the UFC, maybe, maybe even closer. So whoever comes out of that, it's definitely going to be kind of knocking on the door of the top 15. So mm-hmm. that's interesting to me. Um, Darren Elkins, I want to see. Yeah. Uh, he, he's always, always appointment exciting. viewing. Tristan Connolly's his opponent for this one. Uh, and the fight that got pushed back because this was canceled like during the event, <laughs> Alexander Romanov against Chase Sherman. You know, at, I, it's heavyweight. It's question. I, I'm questioning when this was actually canceled because all day before the fights even started, you couldn't find Romanov and Sherman on any sports book. Uh huh. So like they probably knew this for a while that this fight wasn't happening. I don't know about that. They so, probably probably the odds were just so out there. They were like, yeah, let's not let's just not bother. Well, no, it was on there. Yeah. Beforehand, but then, then they, they probably took it down because the odds weren't so great. They were probably uh, just not working out anymore. Well, that's not fair. I don't know. I mean, it's I don't always, know how sports book works necessarily, yeah, but I imagine if they I, always stack if, the deck in their favor, right? Is what like, they do. Yeah, but at some point they just say, "Well, things aren't working out. Maybe we just gonna cut our losses and move on from this one." Yeah, it's not fair. I did. I will say this, like, and I'm not a better, and I'm not making betting advice, but if you see Chase Sherman at like plus fourteen hundred or something. These are heavyweights. Well, he was at 800. Whatever. Whatever. 800 even. If you see somebody at that, like, throw a dollar down if you're a better. Like, Jesus. They're heavyweights. Anything can happen. We saw Mike Brown win by disqualification. (laughs) Mike Jackson. Mike Jackson. Thank you. Sorry. Mike Mike (laughs) Thomas Brown, former WC champion. He was was fantastic. And he's also a fantastic coach. Yes. At American Top Team. Not to be confused with Mike Jackson, who doesn't seem to be UFC caliber, but... He has three professional fights. All, all in the UFC. Two wins. One was overturned for marijuana. One was a loss by a rear naked choke. One was a disqualification And one was a disqualification win. win. Yeah. It, and by the way, the, the win was over winless CM Punk. CM Punk was, so, yes. Bizarre career. Yes. Bizarre three-fight UFC veteran. The number of people who've only gotten one or two fights in the UFC is <laughs> it's so weird. Sean Santel is waiting for a call, guys. We can do that, you know. Shorty Rock. Yeah. All right, that's it for us. Thanks for listening, everybody. We will be back once again next Monday or Sunday. Probably Monday. Yeah, next week sometime. We'll figure it out. Enjoy the fights. Uh, I don't know. Do whatever you're doing this week. And again, if you have questions, submit questions to us. We'd love to answer them. Yeah, send them our way. Thanks for listening. Take care, everybody.